0: What's up everybody? I'm of Armenian Sports News. Joined alongside with my co-host Jason Tactajan for the first ever Armenian Sports News podcast. Uh it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be great. Jason, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing good, man. I'm trying to stay warm. It just snowed here in Sioux City, Iowa. That's where I currently am at, uh, middle of the country. But uh, you know, trying to stay warm. But I'm glad to be here with you and uh to do the first official Armenian sports news podcast with you.
0: Uh, glad to have you aboard. This is history, Armenian sports news podcast, first episode. Uh, I just want to, you know, for anyone new to Armenian sports news, I just want to give a quick uh, synopsis about Armenian sports news. It, it was started in 2021. I am the founder, Andre Kachaturian, And I first started as a passion project trying to, to give Armenian athletes and national teams, uh, a light to be shined on not a lot of people there isn't really a outlet to find out about Armenian sports news so I said okay this is a void I want to fill it so I started the page on Instagram and it has since grown uh, to uh, a level where I needed help and I asked Jason to help me and uh, w- now we're trying to take the next step and establish a podcast and um, you know see where it goes because there's a lot of great athletes out there of Armenian nationality Armenian descent who are well i think they deserve to get more attention and this is our way of doing that and um you know jason you're obviously an established journalist of yourself uh you're a reporter out in iowa and you know you have a background in sports as well and me i worked seven years in um new england sports network uh before leaving and starting my own video production company and also starting armenian sports news as well so here we are now first ever episode and uh jason uh how it's going to work out is we're going to discuss, you know, we're going to do this twice a month. And each episode, uh, we're going to start off by discussing the biggest headlines of the week of Armenian sports and kind of just give some commentary and reaction and things of that nature. And then afterwards, we're going to uh, head into our special guest. And this week, our special guest will be Andre Spite of the Armenian national basketball team, who just finished up playing the first two games of the 2027 FIBA World Cup pre qualifiers. Uh, We'll talk to him about his experience playing there, and uh, and see what that was all about.
1: Absolutely, man. I'm 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 excited to uh, you know get this thing going, and uh, we know that those uh, two games were a big big talking point, and uh, that's going to be our first uh, talking point uh, of the podcast. Is those FIBA pre-qualifiers, uh, obviously, Armenia didn't get the result that they wanted in the first match against uh, Austria, 91-106 against their favor. But the second game, 84-79 in favor of Armenia, the first FIBA win, and it happened in Armenia. We talk about, you know, just what a great game that was. But overall, just some of the obstacles that Armenia had to overcome in order to get that victory, but also, you know, what kind of led to the loss uh against Austria.
0: Yeah, Armenia was uh, missing some size presence uh, up front. And because of that, they especially in that first game, they were heavily dominated on the glass against Austria. And uh, I feel like they kind of got tired out. They only used six players basically the entire game. They're five starters and one guy off the bench. They didn't really have a rotation. Towards the end of the game, you can sense that they, they were getting tired and uh, chucking up threes, heaving threes, trying to – uh, closing the gap, but it didn't really work out for them. And um, uh, the, the, the rebounding problems continued in the second game, too. But fortunately, uh, they were able to clean things up and get the W against Albania.
1: Absolutely. I mean, that first uh, game, the, the loss against Austria, Armenia had uh, five fewer offensive rebounds than Austria. But in their win against Albania, they had 10 fewer offensive rebounds. They still found a way to uh, win that match, and I do think that playmaking and, uh, you know, shot creation, I mean, Andre Spite, 31 points in that game, that second game against Albania for that W was huge. Um, The fact that the team collectively had more assists uh, but fewer points compared to their loss was also a big um, talking point. I mean, 18 assists compared to 16 is not that big a deal, but that is when you're talking about 84 points scored compared to 91. So Armenia had it clicking. They had things working for themselves. I mean, even that loss was a bit of a tight loss. The score doesn't do it justice. Armenia had the lead in the first quarter, uh, 29-23, and uh, tried to claw themselves back into the game after being outscored by 12 points in the second quarter. Um, So there are a lot of positives to take away, but also, like we said, the rebounding uh, uh, situation, it's a big issue, uh, especially moving forward. But, you know, missing guys, missing size, that might be able to um, help that problem moving forward for Armenia's upcoming games.
0: So Armenia now is one and one in the pre-qualifiers. They need to finish in the top two to have a chance to qualify for the second stage of the pre-qualifiers. And think about it, the the FIBA World Cup is in 2027. We're in, 2024 just started. So this whole process is gonna take years, uh, at least a year to see where Armenia goes. Uh, the next game won't be until November. It'll, it'll be a home match against Austria, and that'll be very pivotal to see if they are going to take that next step, if they're going to win the group. Um, obviously, until then, they have a couple of uh, uh, friendly matches, uh, uh, tune-up matches. One of them against Ireland in Los Angeles. So you know they have some chances to keep working together, um, and uh, you know we'll talk to Andre about that about what that's going to be like from now until then and but overall you just look at the team and i personally have noticed it's just it just looks like a well-oiled machine now it looks like a professional operation whereas you know six seven years ago when they were competing in these games people didn't even know that they were playing in these games and and now um you have these uh you know they have a good social media team they have a good uh marketing team and the, the the players are so involved and and playing games in Los Angeles or abroad where uh, uh, there's Armenian community and it just seems like an organized operation it it has a bright future it's and that win against Albania I think was that first big step it's like hey we're here um we're here to stay and we're only going to improve from here on out
1: yeah I agree and I I think you know the the future is very very exciting to think about like you alluded to we're still in the infancy of FIBA World Cup qualifying uh we're still in the pre qualifiers there's still so many games uh up ahead but they're just so spaced out so um it's an exciting time to be an Armenian basketball fan and to follow absolutely. this team just seeing where they were and what's happening now
0: absolutely and and you know you look at the maybe it's not this cycle but maybe it's the Eurobasket cycle or a future olympics i think Armenia is going to get to that level it's, eventually. You know, you have young kids in Armenia who are watching this take place. Maybe they're going to start playing. You have young kids in America watching this; they're going to start playing. They're going to get better. They're going to say, "Wow, this this is real." Armenia is on the map now, and uh, you know it's it's going to be exciting to see how that develops. And um, you know, we'll have to wait till November until the next game that counts. But there's a lot to be happy about for these uh, first two games, especially since. You know they had some stars missing. They had some size missing. Connor Asijin, obviously, he didn't play. He, uh, he was playing with Wisconsin, and you know Rex Kalamian, He uh, he's their head coach. He wasn't even coaching. because he, he had duties with the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, so you know team was shorthanded. It's great that they got a win. It's great that you were competitive against Austria, and I'm excited to see what. Obviously, uh, they they won the the small countries championship in 2022. Um, and, uh, but, but that's something they had already done before, you know, they did it in 2016, but then they had the financial constraints. You had to suspend operations in 2019, but now this feels different. It feels like there's a future and it's exciting to see.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It feels like there's more structure.
0: Absolutely. And now, uh, now Jason, you know, let's pivot now to the, uh, some other headlines to head over to the world of tennis.
1: Yeah, that's right. Uh, Karin Khachanov winning his sixth career title. He did it in the Middle East at the Qatar Open, uh, not dropping a single, uh, you know, set, doing it all in straight sets, and uh, did it against an 18-year-old opponent from the Czech Republic. Um, he is really proven to be one of the best in the world. He's now a number 15 ranked uh, tennis men's tennis player, and uh, you know, 2024 is just starting off, but you know, now the sights are set on seeing if he's going to win a Grand Slam. Really.
0: Yeah, so uh, just a quick recap of what happened in um, the Qatar Open in Doha. Kachanov, uh, you know, like you said, didn't lose a single set uh, and won the championship against an inexperienced opponent, Jakub Benzik of the Czech Republic. Uh, but hey, 18 years old, it's not Karin's fault. He didn't choose his opponent. That's who he had to face, and he did his job. He took care of the job, and he was a champion. Um, and then he followed that up at the Dubai Open, won his first match, Looks like he may have tired out, played all last week. And uh, a lot of those matches, even though he won in straight sets, they were longer matches. And, um, you know, he ended up losing in the round of 16 to Yuri Lehechka, who's a, who's a, who's a name, you know, he's established. not the biggest upset in the world. Uh, but it's good for Kachanov to get, get a, a trophy in the, to start 2024. And, uh, I, you know, I, I think that this is a big time for catching Kachanov because uh, he... To, to win the Grand Slam because, you know, Federer era, the, the Nadal era, those are basically over. And then you have Djokovic's dominance, but he's getting older. And then now you have Carlos Alcaraz coming in, but he's still pretty young. Uh, I know he's won a couple Grand Slams, but I don't think he's ready. To, he's in that stage where he's going to dominate every Grand Slam yet. Eventually he probably will, but we're in that weird window right now where Djokovic is getting up there in age. Alcaraz is still a pup. And, you know, we saw it in the Australian Open. Yannick Sinner of Italy, he won the Grand, He won the Australian Open. And he was the guy who beat Kachanov too. So if there's, a, you know, you're going to take away something from that is, hey, at least he lost to the winner. But I think this is his time. This, this is his window, Kachanov's window, this year or next year, to win a Grand Slam, uh, given where Djokovic is at in his career and where Alcaraz is in his career. Because those are the two biggest names in the sport. And in tennis... There really isn't much parity, like in the women women's side, uh, except with the exception of Serena Williams, who just dominated the sport for years. But you know, in the women's side, you see different types of winners every Grand Slam tournament. In the men's side, you saw the sport dom- be dominated by like a handful of guys for maybe twenty years. Um, and you know, before the Alcaraz era is kicks in, hopefully, Kachanov can catch a Grand Slam.
1: I see what you did there. I mean, yeah, he's 27. He's entering his prime. If not, he's already in his prime. So this is, you know, key time for him. Um, There's a reason why they say tennis is one of the most difficult sports in the world. And if Khachanov can do that, and it looks like he has the capability to do that, it's going to be huge. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny.
0: You say he's number 15, which is great. Great accomplishment. But that's all that means is that, assuming everybody was playing, he would lose in the round of 16, which whatever he's done that before many times so hopefully he can get his ranking up higher and and uh get his day in the light because uh this is the time to do it and just one more quick thing you know that trophy he won in uh uh in qatar uh did, did, what did you call what did you say it was the falcon trophy? yeah yeah
1: like the golden falcon trophy i mean khachanov even talked about it in the <laughs> the post-match uh, interview when he won it Saying that uh, my son was sending me a message that he really wants this falcon back home. I mean, it's it got the attention of his son, and it's one of the most interesting and uh, pretty glamorous trophies, I guess you could say. <laughs> but just by looks, not by you know weight and what it actually means.
0: <laughs> it's literally a golden falcon, and and you know, if you get a chance, go take a look at that. It's an awesome uh, piece of art. Anyway, Jason, let's keep moving forward. Uh, what else headlines do we have? For us
1: uh yeah let's uh let's kind of round it up with some of the headlines that are going on just kind of shoot shoot fire to it i mean arthur Davitian continuing to prove that he's one of the best armenian gymnastics if not one of the best gymnastic athletes just in the mm-hmm. world uh he is just on a tear when it comes to the 2024 fig artistic gymnastics world cup series it's a, a four-part series that just wrapped up the first two, one in Cairo, one in Cottbus, Germany. And uh, Davitian walked away with, from both events with gold around his neck. That now means that he's uh, gotten a gold medal in 12 of his last 14 events. Uh, he's already gotten qualification to the uh, Paris Olympics, the Summer Olympics uh, this summer. But he is just continuing to flex his muscles and get these uh, medals. I mean, the the vault competition in Cottbus, he scored like over 15 It was 15.050, which um, that's a sensational score. It's something you can't really beat. Um, So he just continues to show why he is one of the best athletes Armenia has.
0: And Jason, the timing is just perfect for him right now. You think about it. The Paris Olympics are just around the quarter. Uh, He's already a two-time European champion. He's a world champion uh, from uh, 2022. Uh, So, you know, he's winning all these World Cup events, these Challenge Cup events. (laughs) It's the timing couldn't be better. We've seen Armenian gymnasts succeed in the past, in the distant past when Armenia was part of the Soviet Union. Uh, but we haven't seen an Armenian gymnast succeed at this level uh, when as, with Armenia as an independent nation. And Artur Davatian is that guy right now. He is uh, winning these major tournaments. And he's not just winning, he's dominating. So with Paris just around the corner... Could this be the time we see an Armenian gymnast wear gold around their neck in the Olympics? Uh, hope, hopefully so. Um, but there's still some other World Cup events. Uh, the next one coming up is actually in Baku, Azerbaijan. Uh, obviously, everybody knows, every Armenian knows about Azerbaijan and, and Artsakh and Armenia and the hostility. And um, and uh, last year, he was not able to participate in the Baku event. And he wasn't able to uh, participate in 2022 as well. Um, and, you know, uh, our, basically Armenians aren't allowed in Azerbaijan. We've seen this happen with other big name athletes. Jason, you probably know more about that than I do.
1: Yeah. I mean, one of the biggest names that comes to mind when it you know comes to Armenian athletes trying to compete in Azerbaijan or having no choice, but to compete in Azerbaijan, because that's where the competition is being hosted is Henrik Mkhitaryan. Whenever he was playing for Arsenal, and had a matchup against Chelsea in the Europa League final, um, because of safety concerns, uh, simply because of who he is and where he was born. Um, he ended up not going. Um, and there was real threats to his safety. Uh, this remains true for pretty much every single Armenian athlete that goes to Azerbaijan or yeah. is supposed to go to Azerbaijan and then ends up not going because of simply put Armenophobia.
0: Yeah. And we're not a political network. We're, we're, we're talking sports, but and there's other venues and channels to, to learn more about that. But the fact that we're in 2024 and we have a guy who's an Olympic gold medal favorite, not being able to participate in a country uh, during a major tournament because of his ethnicity is just wild to me. And it needs to be talked about more and it's a shame that it isn't talked about at all. And yeah. uh You know, do you have other Armenian athletes who can benefit from participating in this tournament in Baku to maybe make the Olympics and they won't be able to?
1: Yeah. Davitian has already, you know, gotten his Olympic berth. He's already qualified for Paris, but the rest of the Armenian uh, gymnastics team are still trying to vie for spots in Paris. And that would be important for them to compete. Uh, For example, Vahak Davitian, he earned a silver and bronze medal in Cairo and Katbus, respectively.
0: Uh, let's 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 keep moving forward. We have uh, our interview with Andre Spite, uh, leader of the Armenian national basketball team. He's got tons to talk about about his experience um, in Austria and Yerevan, and now he's joining us from Ar- Argentina. Andre Kachaturian of Armenian Sports News, along with Jason Taktajian of Armenian Sports News. Today, our first guest, first ever Armenian Sports News podcast guest, is. Uh, he doesn't need any introduction, but we will introduce him anyway. Andre Spite Makertichyan. He has been traveling all over the world. Uh, he is in. Where in Argentina are you right now, Andre? <laughs> I'm
2: I'm I'm in the place to be Buenos Aires.
0: Buenos Aires, great. You're obviously playing professionally there, but uh, last week you led Armenia to its first 2027 FIBA World Cup qualifier uh, pre qualifier victory against Albania. Um, So you're in Yerevan, and before that, you were in Austria, when Armenia took on Austria. So uh, obviously, it's been a whirlwind whirlwind week for you. You've been in Europe, you've been in uh, in Armenia, and now you're in South America. How are you feeling right now?
2: Uh, I literally just got done with practice about an hour ago, Um, got my legs up under me. So I, I feel good. Yesterday was kind of rough. As soon as I landed from Germany, I came straight to the gym and uh saw my team practice and you know worked with the physios and everything so i'm getting it back in the swing of things we got a game on friday so trying to get ready for that man
0: (laughs) so basically you're saying i have no excuse to skip the gym today and like
2: (laughs) sometimes skipping the gym you might you, you might pay for it the next day so you might as well just keep it going you know i got all summer to rest a little bit i guess
1: so, Andre, let's uh let's talk about those games, those pre-qualifiers uh, for you. You know, you guys play um, Austria first, Albania second, obviously, in Armenia. Let's first talk about that Austria game. Obviously, not the result you guys wanted. Uh, 91-106 was the final score. Um, what would you say was the big takeaway from that game collectively as a team? What was maybe one thing you guys were zeroing in that you guys wanted to um, address for that Albania game?
2: Um, Pretty much that, like, at the end of the game, it was a five-point game at the end. Um, The score might say what it is, but I got a technical at the end. We got a few mishaps at the end, and you know how the game goes at the end. We start fouling, but it was a five-point game with I forgot how many minutes left to go. Maybe, like, five minutes left or something like that, but um, pretty much just just locking in on the next game. We didn't really talk about it too much. We just flushed it and got, got moving to the next game. It was not really time to dwell on that. And um, I'm not really someone to make excuses, but man, you know, we are missing a lot of guys. We're missing uh, our two centers, Davi, we're missing Arcadi. So those are two big keys for us that right there that we're missing. And it was kind of tough, you know, it was, it was pretty tough with without our bigs and without our core, our core group together. But at the end of the day, like, You just got to play with whoever we have out there. So,
1: Yeah, it seemed like the rebounding, especially the offensive rebounds, were a big deal um, for the team to deal with. But still, that second game you guys overcame. No,
2: definitely. And I'm looking forward to playing Austria in Armenia. It's going to be a different game. Uh, The refs won't be speaking German. The refs won't be speaking German to the Austrian players. I mean, it was unbelievable. The, the, The referees were unbelievable in that game. Like I've never seen a 20 free throw swing like that in my life, never like as bad as the refs are in this Argentina league. i that was crazy. So. so
0: what do you think of, uh, you know, you talked about missing those bigs. I also noticed that just in your rotation, you guys basically played your five starters and one guy off the bench. Um, do you, th- yeah. was there any exhaustion towards the end of that game? I kind of noticed. Um you guys were just settling for threes in the and in, in, in the fourth quarter just dribbling up the ball. maybe you were trying to you guys were down uh, you de- you're trying to shorten the deficit obviously, but was there kind of a, a little bit of fatigue setting at that point as well?
2: Yeah, definitely man. It was a lot of fatigue going on, especially with me and Chris um having we're, we're getting picked up full court and I was picking up full court during that game and you know um it, it, it was tough. It was de- definitely tough when I got fouled and I and I was on the ground and people everyone thought I hurt my knee. I was kind of just getting myself a little break, you know, like that's that's a veteran move right there. You kind of lay down, just give yourself a little break. But I didn't know if the physio runs onto the court and checks on you, you can't shoot those free throws. So I was I was pissed like, oh wait, why am I checking out? The, I have to check out the game because the physio checked on me. So it was just yeah, man, it, it it was a roller coaster of emotions right there, and you know that's how that's where the frustration came in. The technicals came in. We just complained about every call. and You can't play basketball that way. So we got, we we got to forget about the referees and we kind of did a better job of that in Albania, I think. So, yeah, it it was definitely some exhaustion going on in that game.
1: And I mean, you know, the uh, level of emotions changing from the Austria, Austria game to the Albania game, uh, rebounding still, um, you know, a big deficit, in that game, but you guys still come out with the victory. I mean, tell me about what were the keys. Was it the turnovers, limiting turnovers? Was it getting people people more involved? It seemed like the uh, assist numbers and the uh, playmaking also, the level increased from the Austria game to the Albania game.
2: Yeah, I, I think we kind of just kind of zeroed in on, okay, if we're not swinging the ball to Dre on this side, then we're swinging the ball to Chris on this side. And we're going to have these two guys make the decision every time instead of kind of taking quick shots so we just got to give the ball to our ball handlers and have us make the decision um in the austria game there was a lot of open shots for all of us but it was too quick some of them were too quick too quick of shots i took a lot of quick shots um we just played a much better game We it was more relaxed we was in our hometown we got to sleep got to sleep in our in our own country i got to see my family it was just a a, a calmer ease at playing in Armenia so I mean it's this is difficult I don't know if you if you looked at the World Cup games but every team has lost at home I mean every team has lost on the road every single it's a difficult team competition yeah I mean every single team even the in the America Cup games over here in South America Chile just beat Argentina for the first time in like 70 years wow and and that was at home. So it's very difficult to win on the road in anybody's house. With that I'm said, sure,
0: but- after that Austria game, you guys kind of had a – you mentioned it was a single-digit game. You guys kept it close. You guys were winning in the first quarter. Um, right. Do you, What What takeaways, positive takeaways, do you get from that? Um, and then do you – between the two games – what do you, what do you usually do? Do you kind of sit and watch film or do you try to rest or do you try to get away from everything? Or what was the, what was that process like for you?
2: Oh, uh, for me, it, I'm very, very hard on myself and my team and just, and just, there is no positives from, for a loss. I've never taken a positive away from a loss. Like I've never been the type to been like, Oh, like, Oh yeah, I, I could take this away from a loss. Like, no, I beat myself down. I beat my team down for it. Whether it's the right or wrong thing to do. That's just my personality. Like I would never say, okay, we can take this away from that game. No, we lost. And there is no good in that, in that loss. I don't see one good thing. Maybe the first two, two to three minutes were good, but other than that, there's, there is no good in that. And kind of what I did was I had a lot of interviews set up in Armenia from the Federation to our own media. And I just turned down every single interview and I said, I'm not doing any interviews until we win the next game. I'm not, I'm not going out. I'm not going to have a beer. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not really going to celebrate like that. You know, we're in Armenia and it's it's a once in a lifetime thing to be out there. But at the end of the day, we had to lock in and win these games. So I kind of zeroed in and just kind of cut all everything out. Didn't really answer my phone. People were texting me, Dre, you need to do this. You need to do that. I just kind of blocked everything out. And that's why I came out in that Albania game. And I just went full throttle, like just going to the basket, going to the basket. Didn't didn't settle in that game until the maybe the third quarter.
0: <laughs> you said it was and a that, once in a lifetime uh opportunity, you know, playing in Armenia in your home country. We kind of saw a lot of Armenians in Austria. What was that like? Uh just getting that amazing.
2: Uh, amazing. There were so many, there were so many Armenians that came out and it killed me. It killed me to lose that game. Like after the game. I took a picture with one family and I left and I I don't usually do that. I was pissed. I went downstairs and I just, once I shower, I flush it. Like I I beat myself up and once I shower, it's over. (laughs) Like I, I I try to forget about it. Once I shower, that's my motto. But I just went right to the showers after that. took one picture with the family and then I left and the team was calling me Dre Dre, come up, come up. I just stayed down in the locker room sulking, honestly. And yeah. Uh, Hey, Armenians are sore losers. I know you guys know that. <laughs> I know you guys know that. Did you guys see me knock the ball out of the ref's hands at the end of the uh, towards the end of the game? That's how I got my t. So our <laughs> are sore losers, you know. Me, Zare, we're all of us. We're sore losers that that game. I mean, for sure. We, at we least you're honest about it. it. <laughs> we, I don't know how to handle a loss, really. I don't. I, I'll say I'll say anything. The ball was wet. Whatever. <laughs>
1: That's really yeah. neat. I mean, the the, the fan uh, turnout, obviously, in Austria was something to behold, but obviously coming back to Armenia, and you've alluded to it multiple times, it's just unlike anything else, especially with the fans and the crowd and yeah. just the way that they reacted at the final buzzer. And you, dunking after the final buzzer as well, just tell me about, you know, what that uh, was like for you to, you know, put your head down and be focused and then see it pay out and pay off with that win.
2: That meant everything to me. Honestly, that meant everything to me and our team and our country. That meant everything because we haven't seen, seen us even participate in a game at this type of caliber, let alone to win. So that, that was just amazing and just such a fun experience. I can't believe that like all like Armenia is on the map for FIBA basketball now. And I forgot the second part to your question. Um, I mean just
1: just what it what it means to you know see your focus just pay out I mean again seeing the crowd and cheering and you staying and taking photos with everybody um in the arena I mean just what that all is what that all is like and what that means to you Yeah
2: it's a great feeling I mean, there's no better feeling than winning for your country and I told the lady who interviewed me the day before the game um I did interviews the day before the game I didn't do any interviews the day of so the day before she said, "What are you? What's your mentality coming into this game?" I said, "I don't remember the last time I've lost a game in Armenia, in front of these fans. Um, you know, Pan Armenias, we went eight and zero or whatever, twelve and zero. I don't remember the last time losing a game in Armenia. So I, I and I said I don't plan to anytime soon. <laughs> so that was the that was the motto right there. Like we cannot lose in front of our fans. They put all this time, money, energy, everything into this. So." All right you know even people people I don't like to get told what to do people are grabbing me like Jay you better not lose this game you I I need you to score 30 I need you to score and I'm like bro like that's not what it's about like just just you know but that's how we are you know that's my, my family was telling me that our friends you know that's how Armenians are like you better win so we we did feel that pressure going into the game and they cut it close and it was it was a it was a nail biter at the end but it was it was just so good. I saw Zach get the rebound at the end. I said, Zach, give it to me. Give it to me. You threw it. I didn't care. If it was zero on the clock. I'm dunking this thing in style too. I'm dunking this thing, man. So you
0: <laughs> did put up thirty one, and uh, you know, obviously, emotional win, exciting win. Um, but for you, you were on the first iteration of the Armenian national basketball team before they were uh, suspended operations due to financial constraints. What's the vibe? What's the difference in the vibe been like now that, you know, It's it's it just feels like from afar, just watching it, it seems like a more professionally run operation for me, at least. You, you, have, you guys have a great social media team and it just seems like it's a well-oiled machine. What was it like before? What are the differences that you see in um, how the, the, the team and the culture has changed over the last, you know, five, six, seven years?
2: One man and one man only is the answer to this. Rex Kalamian, that's it. He's the one who changed the whole culture of this whole thing by making it professional, by bringing in media people, by bringing in doctors, by literally doing everything from A to Z. I mean, that's, the, that, that's it right there. He was the formula to making this thing really take off. It wasn't the players. The, obviously, us, we have a, a, a deal in it, but at the end of the day, it needs to come from the head and then it trickles down you know that's how teams are good it, it's the organization it's the owners the gms all that stuff the managers the equipment managers the people who mop the floors everything is from a to z that's how a good organization and a good federation is is built on and coach rex coach rex is how many years does he have in the nba experience 25 plus years yeah so that, i mean that's that's who we're talking about right there and that's the reason why the culture is changed over the last five six seven years you're Something talking like about that. a
0: guy who's dealt with some of the biggest stars in the game uh Kevin Durant right now he's coaching maybe the best player in the in, in the league and Giannis Antetokounmpo uh what do you what have you learned from that man uh, I guess you know you're a veteran yourself you've been around the game for a long time what have you learned from him uh anything specific stands out
2: one thing that he was um, him and alex zampier the coach who coached us just now in this tournament they they kept emphasizing it's bigger than basketball this is bigger than basketball we are yes we're here to win games but embrace the opportunity embrace the the journey embrace like what we're doing right here and what we're building that's that was a big that was a big key that rex had us like had in our mind. say just just be thankful for what you're doing here and that really hit home that really did hit home for us
1: nice
0: and also uh, as far as you know rex goes he came to austria to you know help you guys prepare before he during yeah. the all-star break before he had to go back to the milwaukee bucks what was it like to just have him be present there uh, I mean, he could have just said, "Oh, I'm just getting rest through All Star break. I don't, I'm not going to come out there." But he showed up there and then flew back. What, what what did that mean to you and the team?
2: That meant everything. He he showed dedication. He showed that he really wants to be a part of this team and he cares about us each and each and every individual. He's asking, "What do you need? Do you need what do you, X Y Z? Whatever you need, he's and his son was there too, uh, Mason." Very big, very helpful. Okay. Mason could have flew back with him, with his dad, right after the Austria, uh, right before the Austria game, but he chose to stay and travel with us to Armenia. And he's an extension of Rex. So that was huge. And Rex coming there to kind of give us a, you know, you know that little jump. Because he could have easily just, like you say, stayed with All-Star break and had Coach Alex come in. And Alex doesn't even know who we are, the Armenian organization, the federation. So Rex came and, just kind of put everybody in their place and put everything together, and kind of like catapulted us to Armenia.
0: So, to so Mason is part of the coaching staff as well, or
2: he's. Yeah, yeah, he, Mason. Yeah, Mason does everything. He does everything. Very cool. He, he, he has everything. a basketball
0: background too, like his father. That's that's interesting.
2: Yeah, yeah. He's go. He's he's gonna be in the NBA one day. He's he's gonna be coaching. I can see it. He's gonna be he's he's gonna be a part of an organization one day. I can love definitely that. see that.
1: Would love to see that.
2: Oh, Mark my words. He will be. He will be.
1: Very nice. Well, Andre, I got um, one more question for you. Um, you did mention a little bit earlier that you know these past two FIBA games, you guys were missing two of your big men, missing some of the younger players. Obviously, some are still in high school or college. Uh, but yeah, looking I'll- forward. Looking forward to you guys are Yeah, Ryan. Yeah, so, so even more uh, depth to be added, essentially. You guys are looking forward to uh, the uh, international friendly games uh, in L.A. this coming June. That's the next uh, batch of games for Armenia. Just tell me what uh, you're looking forward to most, especially since you guys did already play in L.A. last year against France twice, and uh, there was a yep. big show and a big outing for that. Uh, just what you're looking forward to most for that batch of games, but also... When it comes to the team, seeing the team kind of come together and seeing a more complete Armenian basketball team.
2: That's big because we're growing.
1: We're growing the sport. We're growing Armenia
2: basketball. That's, that's really what it's about is growing and getting recognized and having more eyeballs. Having it in L.A. is great. Having it in Armenia is great. And what we did in France, like more people, more kids are getting into basketball, and now they see, okay, if he can do it, I can do it. I want to be a part of the national team one day. I want to – and it's possible. We're here. We can – we can. you can reach us. You can touch us. We're not just in Armenia or just in L.A. We're in both now. And it's very good so we can get that team chemistry. I mean, you can see Austria. They were on a string. I mean, the guy can close his eyes and he knows where his man is going to be. They were just, like, on a string. And us, we haven't – I played with Chris one, one tournament. Uh, Zare has never played with Chris. I mean, all these guys, the whole the whole Armenian team. I probably knew about four guys, right? Wow. Zach, Zare, Chris. Um, like actually Albert. played with Albert. Wow, that's, and that's yeah.
0: Thinking yeah, of and Zare else was. What, what was it like to have Zare around there? You know, he's kind of a veteran presence. Uh, you know, he's been around for a while now and uh what's it like to have him around the team
2: oh man it's great it's great he's he's definitely a good vibe man I love that dinosaur (laughs) I can't believe he came I can't believe he came out from his nine to five and was locking up pros like all credit to Z man like he's a beast for real like I said Z you were the captain of the 2016 team and you came out of retirement just a lot, He was locking up people in the Czech Republic scrimmage. Wow. Talking about, I work a nine to five and I'm locking you up. I work a nine to five and I'm locking you up. Like, that's what we <laughs> needed. He was like our Draymond Green. He was like our, our, uh, just our bruiser. You know what I mean? Talking to the refs, like telling the refs, Hey, I coach college basketball. I coach high. I mean, I ref high school basketball. That is not the right call. And these refs are <laughs> looking at me like, like, can you tell him this? I'm like, man, that's, that's Z right there. Hey, that's Z right there. So to see him really come out and do what he did, flying from the Bahamas all the way to Austria, fresh off the flight, getting in practice, you know what I mean? Like, and he only, what does he play basketball? Once a week? If that. And he was starting for us. That's the Bahamas?
0: <laughs> I was very surprised to see him on the court. Uh, but I mean, he, he, he was... He got significant minutes, and he was an impact. Signi-
2: he's a starter.
0: Yeah, yeah. D- does he plan on uh, c- continuing to play in the other games
2: uh, in November and beyond? I mean, if like he's he like he told me, if when duty calls, when your country calls, you got to show up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hopefully, we don't need to call him. That's the thing. We're supposed to have Ryan. We're supposed to have Arcadi. We're supposed to have Davi. I mean, damn! If we're calling somebody from their nine to five to come and Start for us, that's a problem. Yeah. That is a problem, and you oh, still, bless, God bless, so that's that's and the we still want a game. God bless him, God bless you, he's a beast for that. But that is a problem if we are calling somebody from their nine who does not play to come and play against professionals. So,
0: speaking of nine to fives, you recently got your real estate um certification in california so yes sir on that um was this Thank something you. that you're t- thinking about like post career or um uh, have you kind of because di- you're playing in argentina right now too so I, I don't know are you are you selling homes while you're in argentina what's going on with that
2: i'm i'm partnered with somebody right now and i plan to make my money here and invest in real estate and talk to family and friends whoever needs a house they know who to contact they know who to contact me and yeah, I'm, I'm working while I'm here. Wow. Okay. Definitely. I didn't Definitely. know that. Always, always.
0: I thought always were, this was something more that, okay, after my career, I'm going to dive hundred percent into it. But right now you're still focusing on your career, but you're balancing both of them. How was that like?
2: Yeah, I love it. I mean, my mom always told me growing up, you want to have multiple streams of income. So that's, that's, I, you know what I mean? I got basketball and I got real estate and there's other things that I'm working on too as well. So I'm just trying to be. To be, you know, just versatile, versatile with it and have multiple streams of income. And I know real estate's a great business. I know there's a lot of money in it. I know it can be lucrative, especially if you do it the right way. So, you know, any money that I make playing ball, I plan to dump that into real estate and to grow my money that way.
0: Well, your mother's a wise woman for for saying that. And, um, you know, obviously she's raised an amazing son and that's Really, so she, she, and your family were out there in Armenia to see you uh, for the for the game, correct? Yeah,
2: everybody, yes, everybody. Yep. Um, I even uh, we had a dinner. Uh, took the coach, Coach Alexander, took him to my family's house, That's and awesome. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, and they treated him well. They, we, we ate very well, and we had a very good time. Stories, uh, people playing the piano, just, just a very good vibe, very good energy. Wow,
0: that's really
2: amazing.
0: Well, unfortunately, Andre, Zoom is telling me that this thing is going to shut off soon. So this has been great. I can go on for another half hour, but um, we really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule. Um, Jason, is there anything else that you would like to ask before we let Andre go?
1: I mean, we can ask some uh, rapid fire questions before we we, get out out of here. Would I mean, Andre, let's... let's... Let's jump right into yeah, it. Yeah? let's do it. I mean, what is your yeah, cheat meal, Andre?
2: My cheat meal? Yeah. I'll, I'm not. I don't have a strict diet. I eat whatever. I eat candy <laughs> I, before the games. Like this is this is bad that I'm even saying this. Before the games, I eat McDonald's because it's like sleep or or go get something to eat. You know what I mean? So I, I choose sleep, and then I wake up, and it's right on my way to the game, and I eat McDonald's, and I just I'll get wow. some fries and a burger, or some nuggets, and walk right into the walk right into the game. Hey, yeah, maybe there's I, a
0: potential sponsorship opportunity there for you, McDonald's and right, right. Andre. Uh, so, what I current I, NBA I, player I, would I, you I love to can. play alongside one day?
2: Play alongside? Oh, uh, current NBA player, LeBron James. He is currently. I think. I think He's still playing. So yeah. <laughs> I think. Yeah. I I think I think our games complement each other.
1: Hmm. Well. Who would you say, uh, Andre, has the most Riz on uh, the Armenian basketball team?
2: Riz, Riz. I heard that word the other day and they're explaining. What does that mean? It's what, a Gen it, Z it, thing. I I,
0: it, it's short for charisma. Am I that old? I I mean, I'm older than you and I know what Riz is, so you should know Riz. <laughs> riz. <laughs> what is it like? Swag? Is that the new swag? Yeah, no, it's, it's short for charisma. Charisma.
2: Charisma.
1: Can you pick up girls, basically?
2: (laughs) Who has the most Riz on the team? Damn. I I, honestly, I don't even know. All right. So, next
0: question is rapid fire. I don't even. uh, Which (laughs) Armenian Hooper would you say we should keep an eye on, uh, you know, coming up the the ranks?
2: I would say um, Tigran, who I just played with. Um, he was one of the young guys who's number uh, whew, number three, number okay. three. He's 18 years old. He played a big part in Armenia. He hit the three. He hit a three in the Albania game. He was very very key. He's going to be big time. Him and uh, and Anto Balian. Oh yes, those first. two, those two guys right there. That's 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 who come to mind first for me.
1: I got one more uh, quick fire question for you. Who on the team would you trust to be on a deserted island with? Chris Jones. <laughs> that's a quick answer. That's a point
2: guard. Yeah, that, that, that's my point guard right there. Like, I know, like, I know he, know, you know, he's always, he's always on a swivel. He's always here. He's always level-headed. He's always calm. He always, he, it seems like he always knows what to do. So I'll just follow Chris's lead, honestly.
0: It's fantastic. I, I love that. Thank you, Andre, for the time. Uh, this has been amazing, and uh, you know, we've done we've done this with you two or three times, and I feel like uh, this time with the just seeing the growth and development of the Armenian national team uh, from our first interview together to now is just uh, yeah. it's been pretty incredible, and I can't wait to see where this uh, continues to go.
2: Thank you. Thank you, guys. And I also want to give you guys your flowers. Like like you just said, how we've been growing. And you guys have been growing, too. I've seen you guys start from the bottom and work your way all the way to the top to where you guys are now. And now you guys are working together, and I think that's just awesome. And you guys are really helping grow every, not just basketball, every sport, every Armenian sport, every Armenian news article. Jason, Andre, with the sports. Jason, you with just all your world views. You know what I mean? Like, you really do. People send me your stuff all the time, and I send your stuff to people all the time. So I just want to give you guys your flowers for really like elevating Armenia, Armenia, just worldwide, wow. sports, everything, media. I really
0: appreciate that, man. Thank you. It really means a lot. Thank you so much, Andre. I, it's love, a, you guys, you know, you guys I start, are doing good. I appreciate that. Yeah. I started this, uh, what, three years ago. And it's a passion project and now it's, it's, it's a, uh, you know, kind of like a part-time job now. So it's, it's hopefully keeps growing. And um, I love to see people, Uh, you know, learning about Armenian athletes and there's a lot of Armenian athletes that needed lights shined on them. So uh, that was the purpose of starting this page. And that's still the purpose, you know, to make people aware of Armenian athletes, Armenian national teams and things of that nature. So I really appreciate those kind words, really appreciate you coming on and uh, can't wait to have you on very soon. Um, uh, Hopefully we get through the, uh, to the next stage of the qualifiers. All right, Jason, uh, great conversation with andre and you know i i want to kick myself because i i don't know why i haven't yet upgraded my zoom to uh premium so that it doesn't cut me off after a 30 minute interview i could have gone another 30 minutes with andre but uh (laughs) me too it is what it is he was what a great what a great character what a great um personality for especially for the armenian national
1: team Absolutely. I mean, he's looked at like the le- the legend, the veteran, right? And uh, his his identity, his personality, his emotions, everything he puts into the game is uh, contagious, and you can you can kind of see that, especially whenever they were celebrating that um, Albania win. Just how everyone kind of galvanized together with the fans and everyone going crazy for Dre.
0: Yeah, and the you know you look at even the in the the end of the second quarter when he hit that three and ran off the court. It's just an iconic <laughs> moment. I think, you know, decades from now, I, obviously I think Armenian national basketball is gonna keep growing. And you're gonna look back at this era of this is, this is the foundation. These, these are the people who started it all. And it was pretty cool to see. And, and one of the things that resonated with me from the interview was I did ask him about, you know, six, seven years ago and how different it is compared to now. And he immediately said the reason for that was Rex Kalamian. And yeah, he's brought an NBA style mentality to this, uh, you know, call it what you want to call it, third world country, whatever. It, but he's making this a well-run operation, a well-run professional organization, federation. And and you're seeing the, the, the results of that. And you're going to continue to see that. Uh, like he said, it starts from the top and then, you know, it's, it, the ripple effect goes all the way to the bottom. So it's going to be really exciting to see that going forward.
1: Absolutely. And, um, you know, Andre also touched on the fact that the, the youth of uh, Armenian basketball is rising and it's rising pretty quick. I mean, we we're talking about some of the guys that weren't there for those FIBA games. He was mentioning just how much depth they didn't have, how much size they didn't have. And um, on top of that, there's a lot of young guys uh, who either are just in high school or college that this team would benefit from. And that's something yeah. that really stuck out to me too. That, you know, he is, you know, looking forward to the future. He knows that there's still time. He knows that moving forward, there's gonna be a change up with these guys because he only knew about four guys or five guys on the squads that went that to was, Austria.
0: Yeah, that was interesting when he said that. And also the women's side as well, you know, you're, you're getting uh, uh, girls uh, like Leah Karumian, who's in high school and dominating the California high school scene. She'll probably go play college somewhere. And, you know, she's already on the national, the women's national team. It's just basketball is a growing sport in Armenia. Uh, obviously, it's always been a, um, Armenia has always been a nation where they've thrived in individual sports like weightlifting and boxing and wrestling. And now you're seeing, you're seeing that in a team sport like basketball on both men's and women's side. Uh, obviously the soccer team is well-established and they've had their ups and downs, but it, it, it's an exciting time. It's definitely an exciting time. And uh, Jason, yeah. So this was a great first episode and uh, we hope to, uh, you guys enjoyed the show and uh, obviously subscribe to the YouTube page, Armenian sports news, follow us on Instagram, Armenian sports news and join us next time on the Armenian sports news podcast. Take care everyone.